I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the very first team review podcast on the SC Report for season 2020. So I'm here again who, with a guy who made his debut on the last pod. He went all right. We got him back. Uh, he's one and one and one. So you did well on the first one, mate. Benny G, welcome back. Let's uh, hope I go two from two. <laughs> Sorry for being so quiet. I'll try and speak up a little bit. Yeah, you know, Wenon and I are ap- absolute professionals at this caper, so you got to bring your A game to this sort of thing. No tapping on the desk, no breathing heavily into the microphone. And... It wasn't me, that was me. <laughs> at least I don't have Wenon this year. Every time I'd be leaning too close in or not close enough, and he'd be you know, slapping me on the knee and all that. It was just it was an uncomfortable environment. Sounds like a good bloke. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, ultimate professional winner. But here we are again. We're here to talk about a couple of the teams uh, for this season. Cowboys, Titans and Penrith. So we're going to have a look at some of the guns, some of the avoids, some of the potential cheapies and just a few that you've got your eye on over the coming weeks and trials and nines. So a team that's close to our heart, obviously, um, North Queensland Cowboys. So we could spend probably all day talking about them, but I'm sure we would have zero listeners by the end. Um, but anyway, let's just get right into it. So Cowboys, Guns, who we got? Uh, Jason Tamalolo. Oh yeah, young up and coming forward. Yeah, he's, he's not too bad. He's uh, priced at seven hundred and twenty three thousand four hundred. He's come off a year. Sorry, how much was that? <laughs> Come off a year with a 78 average um, of 64 minutes, so it's a 1.22 points per minute. Um, third best average of any player last year, and the best second row forward. Um, pretty much, if he keeps these minutes up, he's a must. And I guess that's always the the big question with Taumalolo. They've got so many big forwards coming through. I know we've just um, had Scotty and Bolts out the team, so maybe that could be. Could mean more minutes for him, or are they going to share the minutes around? I'm not too sure. Um, towards the end of last season, his minutes did drop a little bit, but um, and I guess whenever you're, you're looking for a player for the next season, you generally look at the end of last season. What were they doing towards mm. the end of last season? So obviously that's not a good sign. But I do remember the same worry at the start of last year, and the first round he came out with a 99. Let's not talk about the second round because <laughs> yeah, last obviously it was down to earth. He, he got injured. He was also on a set. He was named at second row, so they put him onto an edge at exactly. the start of the year. I thought, personally, that would open up his attacking game, which it sort of did, but the worry then was how much of his base stats is he still going to be racking up. Yeah. But at the end, like you mentioned last pod, that sometimes you can be looking a little too heavily into those base stats, where a guy like Lolo is your tackle-busting, and as of last season, the offloading forward that's going to get you those sort of points in addition to his you know, 20, 30 tackles each yeah. game. Yeah, and but I think he only scored... He only scored about three tries last year, mm. um, and I can definitely see him scoring more or even just breaking the line and setting up a few more tries. I don't think he had too many assists either. can't remember how many, but I think you either just get him in your team because you need to choose those players who are going to get you those guaranteed points. 
and he will get you at least over 70. Whether you think he's overpriced, so you try to get him later, you might miss out on a few hundred games where he scores a try. Um, I think you just get him in, depending how your, your team's going, obviously. Mm. You could be looking to put, put a bit more value in other positions, but... I definitely think he'll be starting in your team, and he's a... Yeah, well, for sure, because if you look at now at the second row there, you've lost, well, haven't lost, but a guy like Jai Arrow, who you would have considered a lock last season, all that stuff, the off-season with his... Um, is he going to the Rabbitohs this year? He's obviously signed on for next year. There's a lot of conjecture going on there. Suddenly, he's not that great an option. You look at a guy like Sam Burgess, who's now retired, so that opens up another spot there. So in terms of out-and-out locks for that second row position, there's not many outside... Talmalolo. So you might just have to bite the bullet, as I'm going to do, and lock that price in, and you just know he's, he's going to deliver. And that's the thing. He's done it season after season. Um, he's going to be playing at his preferred lock position, so there's no uh, ifs or buts about whether he's going to be at the second row. He will play at lock. He's the leader of the forward pack along with McLean. So in terms of minutes, you can't see that sort of dropping off, especially now that Bolton and Matt Scott, two of the veterans, have, have left the side, as you mentioned. So for me, Jason Talmalolo is as close to a lock as you can get round one supercoach. We didn't actually mention as well. So as a guy, that's probably it for guns, hey? Oh. A bit, bit sad, a bit sad on the <laughs> yeah. uh, front there for the Cowboys. Out and out guns. Out and out genuine guns. Um, but obviously big signing news in the off-season and one that a lot of people will be looking at over the trials and the nines with great interest is Ballantyne Holmes. Yes, obviously he he's he didn't play last year. He played um, for the Jets over in the NFL. He switched. Oh, <laughs> he gave it a decent crack, and I mean, yeah, I, I don't think anyone really saw him making it. But I think he did a lot better than we all thought. Um, even though he only sort of made the practice squad, but anyway, he comes back. He's five hundred and sixty-three thousand seven hundred. So not quite the price of all those premium fullbacks, but I think. The problem with him is that there are just so many fullback options. Um, although, I'll read you his last oh, about eight scores in 2018. This was the big run. This is the big run. And he had a few good scores before this as well. But um, 75, 95, 85, 71, 89, 82, 131, and 127. So, so far, I think 14% of people have got him in their teams, and that is why. Um, the thing you got to think about is NFL training is very different to NRL training. Um, you, you're not running the whole game. You're there for the short, sharp burst for each play. It's it's just so different. So I really just need to see how he's adapted back into the NRL training. I mean, he, he could have... He could be fine. We don't know. He, I mean, he did he did um, go for running back as well as right, wide receiver over there. So he's not he didn't get as stocky as maybe um, Jared Hayne did when he went over there. Mm. Um, and he's bulked up. Well, he he has. He's bigger. Yeah. And and I, I think that's going to be a problem. I'm just going to have to. It's it's a wait and see. I think there's just too many other better fullback options. Unfortunately. Mm. I mean, he's got the whole off season to sort of get his body in shape. But again, as you mentioned, there's a lot of question marks there for a guy that's priced so highly and especially playing in the Cowboys side so historically we haven't had a lot of um, genuine super coach gun fullbacks so no. you had Lachlan Coot in there for a long time um, chopped and changed with Scott Drinkwater and Jordan Carhu and a few others last season it's never been a position in our side that uh, I guess back in the Matt Bowen days maybe I wasn't playing super coach then but just doesn't seem to be where the points flow and that could all change depending on how Holmes fits into the side but Again, we look back and you think about a guy like Jared Hayne and 
it did take him a while, and I don't think he ever really got back um, into the NRL mould as successfully as he would have hoped. But given Val Holmes has youth on his side, um, yeah, I, I expect him to. But again, for Supercoach, that's it's definitely a wait and see. What about kicking? Do we know who our kicker's going to be? And does he Goal have kicking. any uh, any opportunity at being our kicker? Well, you look now, we had Jordan Kahu kicking for us last season. He's obviously gone back to the Broncos. Reliable enough. But the question mark is whether Jake Clifford, who's quite a good goal kicker, will actually play in the side. Yeah. So if, if not him, you've got a guy like Kyle Felt who can drill them. Um, outside of that, though, real SN Masters, another new buyer that we've got. He had a bit of trouble last season with his ankle, and you've got a little more info on that. We'll talk about him a little later. But if Val Holmes is goal kicking, then that, that's a pretty huge uh, string to his bow. Hard, yeah. to, hard to see, though, because he's been out. He hasn't goal kicked for a year. Like you. We also have to score tries. <laughs> <laughs> I thought bringing another Cowboy fan on here. Oh, last year was so such horrible. such a win and comment. Oh, that is such a win and comment. But no, you are not wrong, but it couldn't possibly go worse than last season. Well, let's hope. Mm. But even in our season 2018, which was equally terrible, we just all we did was kick penalty goals. Yeah. So that's still the strategy? Then, yeah, maybe goal kicking at the Cowboys could be a play there. So I talked a bit about Val Holmes there, a guy we just mentioned, SN Masters. What have you got? So he comes in off a 52 average last year from 80 minutes, um, priced at 482000 It's down nine points um, average from 2018. He didn't have the best super coach year. Um, he started off very well and he just kind of fell off the cliff, I think, just as I brought him in. <laughs> um, he lost the kicking, he just seemed to lose confidence and he lost his offload. Um, he averaged 42.5 after he lost the kicking duties. Obviously, that's 10 points down on his overall average. He did have an ankle clean on the off, in the off-season, so I wouldn't be surprised if that had a lot to do with why he wasn't kicking or he was his base stats weren't as good or quality. Um, not too sure why, if, if that relates to the offloading, but I guess you, you kind of need... Um, your explosiveness and your ankle to be able to bust the line and get that offload away, which what he was so good at. I don't know if you've got the stats there, but I think he only had like one or two offloads in the last eight games. There was a long games. stretch. I remember writing some of the Monday um, post-round analysis, and you'd just be looking for those stats from him, and they just dried up. Middle yeah. of the year, I don't know what it was. He thought, if you can't run, he'd at least offload. But yeah. he wasn't doing that. It was all going no. through NoFo. Yeah, yeah NoFo just seemed to... Um, take up every single run, which is kind of what he did to Nofo the year before, I'm pretty sure. every mm. I think I in 2018 I had Nofaluma and um, Eastern just didn't pass on the ball and ran himself, and it's why he was so good at Supercoach. Um, definitely I'll be keeping an eye on him. I've currently, I do have him in my team. I don't know if that's just because I needed another cowboy in there. <laughs> um, but I've, yeah, I've got, I think he's got potential. It's just a, it's a wait and see in the trials for me. But at the moment, I might be starting him. Hmm. Oh, he's at that 480k price mark, which for a guy of his caliber, we know what he can do, then yep. there's a lot of upside there. So he's been a 600k uh, plus player, I'm pretty sure, in the past. And if he gets it going, that's that's really going to skyrocket. But the worrying thing for me is that the Cowboys don't like throwing a lot of offloads. And that seems to just be a Paul Green tactic. They prefer to just churn it up through the middle and try and get a good kick on the back of it. And they're very, they're just not adventurous. The thing though, like, is this Paul Green's last year? If he generally can't take this side on paper to the top eight, honestly can't see him lasting the year. 
Um, as, as shocking as like he yeah. like two grand finals in the space of three years and fallen a long way. Hundred percent agree, and I, I think surely he has to see the last two seasons how the game has evolved. Oh, it's just, and what they were doing didn't work. People are offloading, and we just need more mobile centers and and wingers, and hopefully, um, Isan is a part of the new revolution coming through mm. the. Uh, through the team, team which is just a bit of a yeah. Yeah. Benny team name drop of mine. team is the revolution, so well done. Well done, Champ. Thanks, mate. So, yeah, again, interesting to see what happens in the trials. Do they just go hammer and tongs and start <laughs> throwing the ball around willy-nilly and just try to spark something? Because just doing the same thing over and over, definition of insanity. So surely Paul Green's got to throw his standard textbook out the window and just... See what happens. We've got the side to do it. You've got the likes of Holmes, Masters, Morgan. Genuine attacking guns. Let them off the leash. We'll see. Uh, any avoids that you got for the Cowboys here? Um, I've got one in particular. Uh, Cohen Hess. Oh, yeah. So after averaging 58 in 2017 and 18, he um, averaged 38 last year with a points per minute of 062 Found himself starting a few games in the centre wing when we needed, and he was on the bench for most of the other games. He was just uninvolved, seemed uninterested, um, and even though he starts off the season at 354k, mm, I just that think... Will, that will entice a lot of people it will, on the name. On the name itself as well. Mm. <clears throat> um, I just I think Greeny will play him off the bench. I don't see him starting, which is what we need him to do to be a super coach asset. Mm. He's got a guy like Shane Wright who played there last season... Uh, Mitch Dunn, he he went in quite well when he had his chance there. So it's not like the guys that replaced Hesse in the second row there didn't do a great job. So I reckon that Shane Wright's probably got the inside running um, based on what I've seen. But Hesse is apparently training the house down, as I'm sure we hear for every single NRL player in the off-season. But he stripped some weight back and it'd be interesting to see um, just where he fits in that lineup. If it's off the bench, as you said, just... You can't play him. No, unless injuries strike or for some reason he's in form and starts a few games. Just don't look at him. Yep, fair call. Uh, probably no other. I don't think any real controversial super coach options that people will be looking at for the Cowboys there. Michael Morgan talked a bit about him. I don't think anyone's got a lot of faith given how his season 2019 went. He was hampered a lot by injury and... Um, had a bit of a luckless sort of year. Got knocked out by Josh Maguire in Origin. Like, all, like our own teammate. That's That just sort of summed up the season for me. But he starts, as we said, about 470k, but tough to uh, pick on last year's form. Probably a few better options around that 5-8 halfback area. Yeah, and speaking of Josh Maguire, I don't think you should go near him either. He um, had a points per minute of about 0.9. Which, but he only played about 60 minutes, so it's a 54 average from last year. I'll be starting just under 500k. Don't think he's too relevant unless his minutes increase, which is pretty much everyone that will. <laughs> yeah. And um, in terms of cheapies as well, we're just having a look through. There's a few. Connolly Lamello we've bought from the Bulldogs there. Um, Tom Gilbert's a player that has been killing it in the Q Cup. I believe he won the Rookie Black of Hawks. the Year. That's, yep. And Lock of the Year. And Lock of the Year. So absolute weapon coming up through the grade there. He'll start bottom dollar if he gets his chance throughout the season. So I don't think it'll be round one. There's a couple of guys like Peter Holler, John Asiata, those sort of guys that'll fill out the remaining bench spots. But injury that'll open up will uh, give Tommy Gilbert the chance to come in. Not a wild win in Rome. Just come and pop his face in. Shouldn't you be working, champ? 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Have you done any research? <laughs> I have not done any research, mate. Benny G's done a little. Sorry for that interruption, everyone, but there you got to hear when in Rome's voice, he is alive. Um, I suppose we've probably talked enough about the Cowboys. There will be uh, a couple of players on the radar. You've got one more. Just one more. Uh, Reese Robson from the Dragons. Mm. Um, I just don't know what's going to happen. I feel like he is our future number nine. I don't know whether that'll happen this year or not. Um, all the predicted lineups sort of change depending on which website you look at. But I think there's a high chance that he might be... Um, he could be a starter. He averaged 43 from 48 minutes last year. Um, he, I think in 2018, he won the St. George New South Wales Cup Player of the Year and Under-20 Player of the Year. Obviously, great potential there. He averaged about 40 tackles a game in New South Wales Cup when he played last season. Um, and, yeah, it just depends whether he, how many minutes he plays and how important Greeny thinks he is depending whether he's going to be super coach relevant. Mm. But at 363k, it's a bit awkward, unless we know that he's guaranteed 80 minutes, I guess. Yeah, and the guy stopping him there is Jake Granville. So obviously the bloke's been on a bit of a slide for the last couple of years, and there were rumours around that we were actually looking to shop him Mm. out to when we were looking at Luttrell and trying to fit Holmes in and all that sort of stuff. He was one that they'd floated as a possible trade option. So yeah. I think in terms of Reese Robson coming to, to us, it definitely um, doesn't bode well for a guy like Granville, but he's one of Greeny's favourites, and I can't see Granville getting benched or dropped at all uh, for that first round. But I can see during the season, if he continues in the form he's been in the last few years, then Reese Robson will be our starting nine at some point. Yeah, and I think when that happens, Greeny just loves having utility, so I think it might be Granville on the bench. Mm. Yeah, if he comes on with a bit of spark, then who knows. But if a guy like Robson at that 300-ish K price is playing more than 50 minutes, then genuine option there. So brings us to another Queensland team and my second team. Obviously, it's not the Brisbane Broncos, but we're talking about the Gold Coast Titans. So you and I were having a quick look through some of the expected team lists and some of the super coach uh, options 
in this side and not a lot going on. It probably won't take us as long as it did for the Cowboys, but uh, no real signings in the off-season. Uh, the whole thing about Jai Arrow has been a huge distraction. And you got a guy like Ryan James, stalwart of the pack, coming back from his second ACL. So new coach, that's... You never know what will happen there. Um, Holbrook, I believe his name is, comes with pretty good raps on him. Had a great record over in the Super League, and he's going to try and rescue this club. But you look at this team list, and, geez, there's not a lot going on NRL or Supercoach-wise. Who we got from Guns? Uh, it's just Jairo for me. Let's <laughs> talk a little bit about him. So last season, obviously, luckless uh, with injury as well. Um, or- origin call-up, he... Played quite well there, but just couldn't get meaningful time on the field um, for the Titans. He was out a lot of weeks. Yeah, he um, had a 62 average of 57 minutes, which is a points per minute of about 1.1. His post round 10, five, he had five scores in the 40s, mm. and he ended with a 68 and a 93. So, I mean, that probably made his average look a, bit, a, little, a little bit better, but it was just a problem with minutes for him. Um, and... I just, yeah, I'm really just unsure what's going to happen with the Titans and whether he's going to go or not. It's 575,000. There's a fair bit going on there. Like, will he end up at the Rabbitohs this season? That was That's still up in the air. I think the Rabbitohs are really trying to get him um, out of his contract early, but I think the Titans want a couple of uh, trades to, to make up for it. But there's a lot going on there. If that has any bearing on his um, on-field output, then he's a no-go. And will he even get the minutes? New coach, um, as you said, that's always been the big question with Jairo. He's a great points-per-minute player, but all this stuff hovering in the air, um, sadly, it just doesn't look like an option this season. I agree. Uh, any avoids that you've got there? <laughs> so I assume we're done for guns. I was having a look through. There's, uh, there's not a lot. Yeah. So one gun and out. So avoids. Who you got? The Cardi party. Oh. <laughs> Let's not talk about the Cardi party. I had a horrible time with that last season. So he, people got him in. Was it the buy round? It was because he dropped down to about 200,000. Mm. And he actually did okay. There was one game where he scored about 85 because he played 80 minutes. And I, I 100% agree that could have been a good option when he was at bottom dollar, but he comes in at just under 400k. So he's just, he's at, he's at a price, you just can't touch him. And he'll probably be starting off the bench unless there's any change to his bench role. He, if he starts, you just can't go near him. Hmm. It looks like they're putting Ryan James at second row as well when, he, when he's back. So that... Also, just makes the logjam harder for Cardi to, to break through. But I remember some games he would just plod along and then out of nowhere we'll pull one of his... Titans are probably down about 40 nil at this point. And he'll just pull some ridiculous flick pass out <laughs> and get like 30 points in one play. And all these folks that have got Cardi on, on that basis just would absolutely cheering. But I agree, he's definitely avoided that price. As you said, last season had the price tag on his side. But this year, just stay away. Yep. But... If you're a brand new super coach player, you look at a name like Bryce Cartwright and you're like, oh, geez, don't mind if I do at that price. Or if you played four years ago and stopped playing. (laughs) (laughs) Just came back for this year. Oh, boy. So definitely an avoid for me. Uh, One that I've got question marks on. A lot of people will have him as an avoid based on just a horrible year he had last season. But uh, Ash Taylor, very juicily priced in the low 300s. And obviously... He's been out of form for a long time, but we know he's he's a handy enough player, and we've seen his combination with Tyrone Roberts has paid dividends in the past. 
But is he someone you'd even look at as an option to put in your halves? I thought about it. I yeah. What price is he? He's low three hundreds, isn't he? Like three twenty or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to break your bank. And as we said with SN Masters, there's a lot of upside. So he's three hundred twenty nine thousand there. But based on what he was doing last season and the dramas, his I think mental I even, health. I think I even well. had him in my team at one stage last year. I was very pro Ash Taylor. Um, I guess what I think of is how he went at the end of last year, and it just doesn't bode well for me. I've just got to get over that. Um, Mm. Yeah, price-wise, could be enticing. I guess you just got to see how your team fits. You you might need to play someone like that if you've gone pretty heavy in your second row and front row. It's not the worst option in the world. Mm. Probably between, if he returns to his 2017-2018 form, he could make a few hundred K for you. Well, that's it. He's at such a low price that if he strings a few big games together, but that's the question, it's the Titans at the end of the day, and everyone expects them sort of to go bottom again, unfortunately, and given the side they have, it's it's hard not to see that. But, yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that, yeah, I mean, we know he goal kicks as well, so that's another string to his bow, but as you said, for the Cows, they actually need to score tries for that to matter. Um, we know how good he is, his kicking game is, so he gets a lot of try assists off his boot. Um, so, I mean, there's there's upside there but again just such a huge risk and for your sacrificing say if there was a bottom dollar um half like we'll we'll talk about one for the panthers coming up jerome luai you've got a guy that around like 180k or so um you're comparing him to a guy like ash taylor the 180k player has a lot more to a lot more room to grow um you don't really need to rely on the huge scores you just need a few 30s and 40s to bump that price up so ash taylor a bit too awkwardly priced but We'll see where he lands up at the end of the year. Hopefully he has a good season, and that could bode well for another one of the Titans' players, uh, Brimson. AJ Brimson. Another cheaply priced. He's surprisingly um, low. And he's available at 5'8", as well as fullback as Mm. well, so that could be quite handy. Um, I think when I was first looking for a a 5'8 in my team, I needed a a bit of a cheaper person. He's someone that kind of... He, I think he, he ended up in my in my first ever team that I picked. I'm not mm. too sure. His, his stats don't really bode too well. Um, I think last year, 39 average from 69 minutes, and that did include a few games off the bench and whatnot. But his average Five from as well. yeah, his average from fullback was only 46. So I mean, he's obviously been priced at a 39 average at 360k. So there is potential for some growth in price um i think he has the he has the potential I yes guess. he just needs to stick in one position so unfortunate yes. thing for him is that he was just shuffled around so much and yep. brought off the bench and never really got meaningful minutes or a chance to settle in to the side whether it was through injuries uh, around him and and that sort of thing but he did play a lot of games last season so he's he can't really be considered a rookie i wouldn't think anymore like he's a genuine established first grader now um, he looks like he's got the fullback spot sewn up. Uh, doesn't look like a lot of competition for him there. And if he can settle in at that 350k price, that's almost a bargain for what he has the potential to do. And he's got a super coach friendly game. He just mm. he's got that just that explosiveness that you kind of see from like Pappenhausen. Um, obviously, Pappy just plays in a far better team. <laughs> yeah, well, Stormy Titans. That yeah, says it all. Um, but yeah, he's definitely one. I've, I've actually had him in the first. A uh, little run through. I did a, did a very quick one when Supercoach app dropped Monday morning. Woke up and just tried to throw a few names down. And 
because of that fullback 5-8 duel and the price he's at, he's definitely a juicy option. So mm. I had him in the first run around. Um, yeah, I just really like that price for the game he's got. Just the drawback is he's with the Titans. But at the start of the season, sometimes you need to take those punts. But yeah, uh, The other one that we had down here for the Titans as a bit of a pod option was their front rower, whose name escapes me for now. <laughs> Save me. Shannon Boyd, Save me, Benny G. <laughs> Big Shannon Boyd. Big Shannie Boyd. He's got, no, he's it's, got a point um, to prove. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Moyaki Fotuaka. Oh, you done well. That'll do. Yeah, Mo, so Big Mo. 48 average of 47 minutes last year, so just over one points per minute. Comes in at 443k. Uh, when playing good minutes, he scores quite well. He's He got 70 and 62, 75 and 80, 60 and 57. 59 and 56 and 65 and 62 minutes. Unfortunately, that were the only five games where he got good minutes, mm. really. I had a few 40-minute games, but most of them underneath that. Potential breakout year, especially if Arrow leaves, is my prediction. And if you've got a guy like Mitch Rain on the bench as well, rotating with Nathan Peets, the yep. dual hooker there makes it much more beneficial for... Uh, your forwards in terms of minutes. And as we've seen, he can push out big minutes. There's no real question marks there. It's just about whether he gets a spot, a genuine starting spot, consistently. So I think with his first year, he came out off the bench and just had some insane points per minute, like 1.1, 1.2, that kind of thing. Yep. So when I saw him last season, had a few games at, at starting prop, it definitely piqued the interest, just because we know what he can do. He's got a good super coach game, a lot of offloads yep. in him. So... Uh, meaningful minutes will be helpful, but it's just that price tag of 450k. Sometimes you can fall into the trap where you bank on a guy like Fodawaka to build on that price and become you know, 600k, make you that money. But sometimes it's just at, in the front row, not enough room to grow, not enough you know, at that sort of price. So it's a, it's a very tricky one, and probably that's what sways me away from Fodawaka. But if he comes out and starts averaging you know, 60, 65 minutes, given the game he's got, and point per minute, points per minute that he can push out, uh, could be an option there. But probably not one of your like you know, bottom dollar forwards that everyone will be looking at at the start of the season. No, it just kind of depends how many cheapies we get, and we might have to start using these mid-rangers. Mm. But I think I've got two other front row forwards in, in mind for me, so... Probably a no at this stage. Hmm. Any love for the other Titans back line there? Anthony Don, Brian Kelly, Tyrone Peachy. Oh, oh. Does, does Peachy have the duel this year? I think he might. Um, yeah, they did shuffle him around, so I can imagine he would. I just don't. I just don't like it. I, I just. I, ne- I need points. to see more from the Titans to try and think if they're super coach worth. Brenko Lee last year was an interesting option. He's not there this season, but he. If you looked at the back line, he was the spark and. Even then, he could barely get anything going and, and couldn't stay in the side. So, Tyron Peachy, we mentioned him, he's 366k. He is centre wing, second row dual. But again, just you can't see him in that Titan side pushing more than, say, 40 average per week, yeah. which isn't going to make you money and it's not going to be someone you want to lock in no. to your side each week. So, Brian Kelly had a, like, yeah, uh, he had quite a few like, actually really good yeah. games last year, but on the flip side, he had a few 20s. So, it just depends whether you can, if you, I mean, in centre wing, you're going to get that. You, it, that's a guaranteed. Um, it just depends whether you want centre wing in the yeah. Titans, really. Mm. Can't say much is inspiring me there. but No, not at all. That's probably all for the Titans. So the last team for this podcast that we'll do a quick run through of is the Penrith Panthers. So a little bit of uh, movement in the off season there. So my boy 
from last year, Wade Egan. He's gone to the Warriors, so opens up a hooking spot for him there. Did you nice. get him for the buy round as well? I certainly did, <laughs> and I didn't hear the end of it from Wenon last season. But anyway, he, he looked so good. And Anyway, we're not talking about him. Uppy Coruscant is his replacement in the side there. Um, so big signing from Manly there. Possible 80-minute hooking spot on the line for him here. Uh, will just depend on how the trials go, but... Other signing for the Penrith Panthers is Kurt Capel joining from the Cronulla Sharks. So what do you reckon about Kurt Capel coming there? One of those um, yeah, reliable forwards and he's um, been popular in Supercoach before, but tough to see him squeezing in as a starting second rower there. I think you'll need a few injuries to, to be Supercoach worthy again. And if there are a few injuries and he's starting, um, he's a great option at centre wing, I think. Mm. Um, but... It's like you said, it just depends if he gets that starting role or not. And with, what, 47, 48, oh, 40, how many days? About 42 days or something to, till... Um, 42.3. Oh, thank you. <laughs> until the, sure. till round one. We, yeah, it's just a lot. A lot, a lot of water to, to go under the bridge. Coming um, to a new club, we're just not too sure. Yeah, and a bit awkwardly priced as well. But moving on to the guns for Penrith. And there's obviously one that a lot of people will have their eye on, and that's Nathan Cleary. Oh. Why, why is he so? Why is he so important this season? Never heard of him. N N Cleary. No. Oh, is it Ivan. Did I stop <laughs> his name? Is it Ivan Cleary? Um, so, with a sixty-eight average, seventy-nine minutes played, it's a bit of a funny one. But in my opinion, he's just the best halfback. He's the best halfback option. He's just the best halfback super coach option. Just Jeez. get him in your team. Steady on. Steady I think on it's because he won me a few grand finals last oh, year. I with didn't his have him for that. So 184. Like, is that what he got in the last? Yeah. No, so I, didn't have him. I think up. it was 200 and it got yeah downdated or whatever you want to say. He down to have, 184. He might have just pipped Michael Morgan that week. I'll have to do a count back on, on scores in that final round. but Just. Just. But big thing for me is that James Maloney has gone to the Super League. So we saw there's... Some big stats in there for Nathan Cleary when he's not with James Maloney. He just steers that side around and everything goes through him and he racks up the scores. Yeah, well, last year, I think there was, because he had a bit of an injury, there was only, I think, two games where he actually didn't play without Maloney. But in those two games, he scored 63 and 139. So small sample size from last season, but if that's anything to go by... If he's just the dominant half, just controlling the game, you just want him in your team. And I think he's just he's just the um, best average. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to his game that is just great from a super coach perspective. Good base. He gets in and does all the hard work uh, through the middle there with the tackles and even runs a little bit. Um, he can throw an offload. Um, he's got a great game to him. Um, so for me, Nathan Cleary, despite the price tag, given it's now his side, Maloney's gone... Uh, goal kicker, great kicking game. This twenty forty rule that we mentioned um, last pod that they've introduced could be a big one for him. As we said, great kicking game. So for me, Nathan Cleary, along with a guy like Tedesco and Talmalolo, is basically a lock for Supercoach this season. Anything you don't see in him? Like uh, We know we talk about how good he is without Maloney and everyone sort of expects him to kick on, but geez, the Penrith side was pretty ordinary last season. And he's still average 68. So, well, there you go. That's that's it. Hey, yeah. I mean, a, that, that 186 did bump up his um, 184. Sorry, his um, his average quite a bit. But yeah, he's just he's just the best option. I know there's probably a few other people out there that think Mitch Moses is, but 
yeah, he's the best halfback for me. Just just grab him in your side. Mm, um, guy that, that we mentioned just before, Api Coruscant. So comes to them from uh, the Sea Eagles and looks to possibly have an 80-minute hooking role sewn up. So he's currently priced very low for that in, at around 338k. For a guy that could potentially play 80 minutes and has such a good base game like Appy does, he regularly pushes out base of 50-plus, so plenty of tackles, a few darting runs here and there. Um, that's definitely unders. Only thing, like, oh, the only thing that would hold me back from uh, putting him in the side is if Penrith managed to find a utility on the bench and eat into his minutes. But at such a low price there, um, he was sharing it, the minutes with Finu last season. It seemed to be almost 50-50 between them. Um, this se- this season, it looks like um, he's going to be the sole option at this stage. So if that's the case, then he's also one that I'm bringing in. Yeah, the, the only problem I think with Appy is uh, that hooking position. You, well, we're not talking about the Sharks today, but you've got Blake Braley. Well, that's, yeah. And, and he's, he's at 200k. So. But, I mean, his, his PPM last year was 0.82, so if he gets an 80-minute roll, he's, that's 64, 65 points. Um, and what, was, what did he average? He ended up averaging with about a 36. So. Yeah, it was awesome. If you look at his last season before that, season 2018, he had a 56 average. Seven, 2017 was 58. 2016 was 52. So yeah, terribly, under, terribly undervalued for what he can do in this game. Uh, so definitely an option there. But as you said, Blake Braley is slightly cheaper. Uh, more upside potential there. But again, his spot is probably a little more up in the air or in terms of minutes that he's going to get. But yep. we'll uh, get to the Sharks in another podcast. But uh, one other bloke that we wanted to mention and someone that had what I would consider probably a breakout supercoach season last year was James Fisher-Harris, JFH. So he had insane minutes for the position he played. So he's through the middle, um, churning out all the tough stuff and still pushing out 70-plus minutes. And that kept up throughout the year. It was insane. 77 minutes mm. he averaged, which is crazy. And he played 80-minute games from um, prop, which I don't think there's... Payne Haas. Payne Haas, yes. probably. But, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's, like, such a rare uh, thing in, the, in rugby league in this day and age. But is he an option? I think he is. Although that's the best you're going to get from him, that's I don't think thing, I don't think there's any improvement on on it. And he's 615k, so you're spending a lot of money for him. Um, I think we were all sort of waiting for him to do what he did last year, and now he's just kind of priced at that price point. So it's if you if you're confident that he's going to continue, and the Panthers are going to continue to give him those minutes. Then why not? He's he's a he's a lock for his sixty five, sixty six points a game. Um, not for me though, because I think I've got other guns that I'll put ahead of him, and I'll probably be chasing a bit more value from other players. But it, he's available at front row as well. So if you've got like Payne Haas and JFH mm. at forward, I think he had a bit of um, did he have a bit of an injury cloud over the off season? Fisher Harris. Yeah, uh, I think he had a relatively clean bill of health. I know he was battling a few. Uh, niggles last season but um, continued to push the minutes out so uh, I don't know that he would be in too much uh, yeah I think he his he was his peck his pectoral I think yeah during the season he might have done it right at the right at the end I think it was and so I think they're sort of saying that he'll be back for round one but I mean if that if that's got a bit of an injury cloud Mm. over him it's maybe just a stay away and the thing is at 615k even if he does come out and go gangbusters it's not going to then 
be like, oh, I've missed the boat. I can't possibly. Like he's at that price and he won't go too high. So if he does come out and uh, goes against the injury cloud and kills it, then pick him up in you know rounds three, four, five. Um, when you're more sort of setting your side up for the for the long season ahead. Yep, I agree. Uh, so anyone else from the Panthers? So a couple in the back line that had a big uh, 2019, Brent Naden and Brian Toto. Quite highly priced uh, given that uh, big season last year, but do you have any love for them? Um, I think they're, they're just, yeah, because of their price this year. I'm generally in the second rows, um, the um, centre wing, sorry, I'm, I usually start pretty cheap. Mm. If we can get it, if we can get it this yeah. season. Yeah, like I think last year I started three that were in about the 200k range, so not just cheapy cheapies, but but yeah, I mean, it just depends on what we can do this year. Um, I mean, potentially, yes. If I mean, the Panthers didn't have a great season last year, and they still scored quite well, so if the Panthers are going to reach their potential, they've got mm. a, it's any possibility there. Um I found a few different sites that were sort of talking about old mate Stephen Crichton as old potentially mate. breaking into the side. I think he played a few games right at the end of last year, um, averaged 34-ish, I think mm. it was, um, and he's priced it um, with about a $70,000 discount. So, um, yeah, averaged 34, but he only played four games, and so look out for him potentially. It just depends whether he gets ahead of Naden or not because other yeah. websites are sort of saying Naden will get there. Just keep an, keep an eye on Crichton. Yeah, I mean, the other one as well, uh, Josh Mansell. So obviously hasn't been <clears throat> overly super coach relevant over the last couple of seasons, battling injury. Uh, he was first season back. Uh, I think he would have been an ACL. Yeah. He was the first season back from that. Um, he was probably a little surprising. Like he... Was still offloading. He, he's obviously not the same tackle busting machine that he was, but he is now a year back from that ACL, and uh, he's, he's an option there. If the Panthers do click, then you'd imagine he's the sort of guy that'll benefit. So any, I'm just going to look up his price here. He's, he's at 416k, and for supercoach pedigree like that, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. A little awkwardly priced. Yeah, if you're going to pick him on your side, I'm not going to. I'm not going to completely talk you out of it. It's mm. probably a no from me just because there are probably other options at slightly better prices or if I go for uh, a, a sort of a gun center wing, I probably want a little bit more assurance. Um, I think there's just a lot of people in that back line that, use, that want the ball. Brian Toto, he took a lot of um, hit-ups last year, which is one of the main reasons that I loved him in my team. Acrobatic tries, <laughs> yeah. the line. Yeah, if... if Mansource can sort of reach what he did in 2000, was it 16 and 17 mm. when he was an absolute gun, then maybe just, yeah, take take um, caution, mm. I guess. But differently to JFH, given that price and what he can do, he yep. might be one that you miss the boat on. If the Panthers start the year on fire and uh, we all of a sudden see Mansource returning to the Mansource of old with his busts and offloads and runs, and yeah, he might be one you want to get uh, ahead of the crowd on. Uh, the only other one I have down here as a bit of a pod option um, fell back a little. Maybe it was second year syndrome, but Billy Kicker. Um, he definitely he was in a fair few sides last season. Everyone sort of waited for him to kick on and, and score the tries he was scoring in his first year, and never quite happened. Obviously, the thing I remember most is the mid game toilet break. 
the poor bloke <laughs> needed when uh, Wenon had him captained. But uh, any interest from you for Billy Kicks? Uh, I would, I, th- I just have to see what he does in the first few rounds. He's not someone I'm jumping on straight away. He's um priced at about just under five fifty k. So I think he started around something similar last year, which is why we always all so keen from him. Um, he's got that X factor and he's got that super coach game. It just depends whether he is utilised. Mm. Um, I think last year his just runs were just down. It was just kind of if they were in trouble, give it to him and see if he can take four or five people over the line with him. Mm. Um, he's got a great super coach game, which is what we want, but we just need a little bit more base, yep. I guess, from him. Yeah, and that's it. He's also, you've got the likes of Kurt Capewell, Liam Martin, who had a good season last year, fighting for uh, time and... Uh, starting spots, so yeah, a bit of bit too many question marks for Billy Kicks at the moment for me around that price tag. So uh, definitely, as you said, someone that can go large in Supercoach and pull out some miracle points. But wait and see on that one there. And that brings us to the end of our uh, first team review for the year. Um, we are going to go through three or four more over the coming weeks, just as uh, teams and trial teams start to firm and. Everyone uh, gets the super coach juices flowing. So we've covered the Cowboys, Titans, Panthers. A fair bit going on there. Thank you very much, Benny G, for joining me for the second time. Yeah, it's Uh, been great. I was waiting on, I told you last time, really want a terrible beer just to cement yourself in the uh, super coach talk podcast world. But I have to wait for next time, mate. Go to Dan Murphy's and go duck down the aisle, find the worst sounding beer you can find. Bring it in. I'll try, I'll try. How good. Alrighty, thank you very much, mate, and uh, we'll catch you guys all next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.